0: narcissism in American society. Just how bad is it? Now, sometimes it feels like we are surrounded by it, but are we? Are we really more me-focused than ever before? Or is it just social media amplifying the few? We wanted to talk about this, so we caught up with Dr. Michael Roach. He is an assistant professor of psychology at Westchester University. This is really interesting. Give a listen. When it comes to the idea of narcissism and selfishness and kind of a me-first attitude. Anecdotally to me, it seems like things are worse than ever. Is that fair? Do you feel like we've become a more narcissistic society or is it just feel that way sometimes?
1: Yeah, I can certainly feel like that, especially looking at social media, you can see some of those Elements coming through, so there is some good research on this. You know, one way to study this is to take people who complete personality measures on narcissism, and good ones have been around since the 80s, and we can actually look at their narcissism scores across people who complete them in the 80s, in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, etc. So these research studies have looked at this, and the sample sizes are around 30,000, 60,000 people. And some researchers have found that narcissism levels have gone up a little bit between like the 1980s or so and the early 2000s, although it's not really a huge amount based on looking at the numbers. And then other research has found that from 2000s to like early 2010s, it's actually dipped down a little bit. So while that research ends in around 2016, 2017, I haven't been able to see effective research done after that. It does seem like there's a bit of a leveling off. If I had to give you a best estimate, I would say narcissism levels are about the same relative to 20 or 30 years ago, but maybe the way that it's expressed these days gets a little bit more amplified.
0: And I guess that would be the point. Social media, I would think, is something that gives everyone a platform and kind of feeds into allowing those people that have those tendencies to kind of be all encompassing and give the appearance that, Oh my God, everyone's only in this for themselves.
1: Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Facebook posts as most, most of us know is that people who post, you see that and you see the idealized version of what they look like, right. In terms of changing pictures, changing responses, only putting the stuff out. That's good. Not many people post on you know, Facebook or Twitter, like today was rough for me. It it didn't work out like I expected. And so if you just take that information in and you assume that that is what the average experiences of those people, rather than their best version of themselves, then you can start to get this feeling like things are going really well or like everybody's self-promotional. And that's most likely not the case in terms of their real lived experience in life.
0: What effect does narcissism have on kind of our society? Because I think I look at our politics where it's so much showboating and very little or not enough substance. I look at trying to fight the pandemic where so many people look at giving up a little bit of something to help make everybody around them safer uh, as an affront to their freedom. What effect does narcissism selfishness have on our society?
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. So maybe I'll take a step back and and say a little bit about how we define the concept of narcissism and then talk about some of the research that connects to that, specifically related to the pandemic. First of all, we should be thinking about narcissism as a dimension rather than a category, right? So most of us have some level of narcissism. Some of us have a lot more than others, and it's useful to think about it in that way. Really, narcissism is characterized by the need for admiration and recognition. I need people to look up to me. I want to be recognized for my accomplishments. And that's pretty healthy depending on the context that you're in, right? If you're in a job interview, it's pretty good to be self-promotional, to be charismatic, to make things about yourself. If you're in other settings, like a social setting for the first time, or like a funeral, where the focus shouldn't be on you, but you still take that as an opportunity to self-enhance, that can be more maladaptive, right? And so the focus on yourself, and I do think selfishness is is a good key characteristic of narcissism, can get you into trouble in certain contexts, like for instance, in a global pandemic, when it's not just about your own personal feelings and expressions of what you want to do. The literature tends to distinguish between a grandiose and a vulnerable presentation of narcissism. So narcissistic grandiosity is what we often think about when we use the term narcissism. I'm egotistical. I think highly of myself. I can exploit others to get what I want. I have these fantasies about being great. I tend to devalue the experiences of others, right? Narcissistic vulnerability, often occurring within the same person, is this underlying sense of things didn't work out for me. And actually we can become very narcissistically wounded, angry, prone to uh, pretending like I didn't care about things in the first place, being upset with others who get something more than me, rivalry, things like that. And it's helpful to think about how both of these expressions can kind of play in to different behaviors. And all of that is really undergirded by this main concept called antagonism, which is this idea that I'm acting aversively towards other people uh, in society, I'm arrogant, I'm maybe callous, I take advantage of other people. And so there's been some good research, both looking at narcissism and looking at antagonism and the role that it plays during the pandemic. So a lot of us who are personality psychologists were already collecting data in March of 2020. And so we happen to have had the chance to put in extra COVID related measures in, in addition to some of the personality measures. And so a few studies that I've seen have really supported the idea that higher levels of antagonism tend to go with less interest in following protocols from COVID, less interest in mask wearing, less interest in social distancing. There was one study that was just recently published uh, by a guy named Josh Grubbs, and he looked at narcissism and mask wearing and things like that, and he found a small negative correlation, meaning the higher you are in narcissism, the lower you are in terms of being able to wear masks and following through on, on some of those mitigation practices. So I certainly think that narcissism in particular and the broader trait of antagonism broadly can relate to how people are approaching the pandemic.
0: And with regards to our political situation, you met antagonism. That seems to almost be the, the reason to be for a lot of politicians. It's not to get anything done. It's to piss off the other side, for lack of a <laughs> better term. And that seems incredibly destructive.
1: Maybe, you know, we always have to wonder is personality is understood as adaptive or maladaptive, depending on the environment that it's situated in. So you have to wonder whether the behaviors of antagonism are being reinforced in politics, in voting districts, in media soundbite clips to wonder if that actually is something that is is actually being deterred or if it's actually being encouraged. If you take the premise that we want quick soundbites and we want a quick answer to something and something that's also entertaining, then it would make sense that politicians and others would want to pitch their positions in a very quick, acerbic kind of antagonistic view of how they see things in order to be able to get that type of support. And that might not be how they actually feel inside. It's very hard to judge whether public figures are actually that antagonistic in their core or whether they're playing a a part on television to try to fit that mold. But it certainly is disheartening that we don't see more uh, kind of connection and pro-sociality you know across different lines of beliefs and value systems
0: is there kind of like a scale of you know where it's healthy and you know acceptable and then all of a sudden it's a little bit more well you know what maybe you should think twice about that to the point where if you're drawing attention to yourself at someone else's funeral there's some deep-rooted problems there is there kind of a scale so most
1: scales just ask about personality qualities of narcissism. They might ask things like, do you like to be the center of attention or do you prefer to blend into the crowd? And you say either you know A or B. And so that doesn't really get at the nuance that you're talking about. But I do think there have been research studies that try to look at some of these distinctions in real daily life and see if there are differences that can be explained by social settings, by circumstances. I think a good way to think about it is whether you are enacting that need for admiration and recognition at the right time with the right people and in doing it in an adaptive or maladaptive way. So there's very adaptive ways to get your narcissistic needs met. I can make a company and employ thousands of people and feel really good about myself because I'm contributing to society. That's a pretty adaptive way to display narcissism, right? Or I could fire everybody from the company, make money for myself, and then post on social media how I just made a ton of money. And that's a maladaptive way to go about doing it. So I, I think it is all about whether you are engaging other people in an adaptive way or a maladaptive way. And then if you're choosing the right spots, if it feels like no matter what circumstance I'm in, I just have to self promote, then that's probably out of balance. We want to find a position where you can ha- maybe have the tendency to do it, but that you're able to step back at certain times. Like if it's my daughter's birthday, it shouldn't be about me. If it's a funeral, hopefully it shouldn't be about me. Right. And so you know, being able to pull back the reins on those motivations and access other motivations can be incredibly helpful. And of course, if you're meeting someone new for the first time, sure, your first thing could be self-promotion, but what else could you learn about them and how else could you connect if you didn't always have to be talking good about yourself? What else could you learn and how else could you feel more deep, intimate relationships with people if it didn't always have to be that?
0: One of the things, and this is just kind of a side, but this is one of the things that when I think about this topic that always bothers me a celebrity passes on and you look on social media and the number of people who manage to take that celebrity's death and filter it through themselves they talk about how much maybe the one time they met this person I don't know it's not the funeral thing I don't but it's kind of like somehow you read the post and you've gone from the death of person a to Looking at it through how it affects person B. And that just kind of feels off to me. Am I making too much of it or is that kind of a symptom of this bigger situation?
1: No, I I think you're right. I think that what do you want to post and what purpose does it serve? If you're saying it seems to serve the purpose to say, hey, look, I've known this person, then that maybe is missing the mark. And I could imagine people who are close family members of the one that was lost feels a little bit like, well, that sounds like it's about you. And it's not about the person who we've lost and, and honoring that person. I do think it's hard as humans. We always filter things through our own experience. And yet, again, are there moments to not make it about yourself and instead make it about what the other person might be feeling? So the problem with selfishness is when you're in a selfish state of mind, you're not thinking about the other people. And you know, sometimes that's okay. But at times where they really need support and help, that's the time where we want to use our empathy and think about their perspective rather than just focusing on our perspective
0: you talked off the top that the fascinating study how the levels of narcissism haven't really shifted as much as maybe i know i feel like they have over the last several years narcissism is a human thing but is it something we see more of in the u.s is there studies that kind of compare and contrast to other parts of the world or is it pretty much if you really dig into it People are people and you're going to have X amount of a society be a certain way no matter where you are.
1: There's this construct called national narcissism, which is kind of narcissism towards us as a country. And it turns out, as, as you might expect, that the U.S. has the highest rate of that compared to some other countries. But it, it's interesting to think about whether it's like a, a fundamental human thing or whether it's something that's just unique to here in the States. And I I do imagine it's more of a fundamental human thing you'll see across different areas. Most of the research on personality generally tells us that there are less differences between countries than there are differences within country. And so you'll often find that personality qualities that exist in one country exist in many other countries at around the same rates.
0: Kind of going along with the celebrity death, another thing I see often is people doing a good thing, you know, surprising someone with a, a gift or something like that but doing it all while videotaping it with the idea that they're going to post it on their platform. And I'm torn on this. It's a good thing. I think we should always encourage good things, but this is another thing where I come out the other side going, well, that gave me an emotional jolt because I saw the reaction of the person, but was this done for the right reasons? Was it done to bring more attention to you of how awesome you are or the importance of the act? And I struggle with that is that kind of maybe an example of our society and, and how we kind of deal with those things?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I th- I think that, you know, it's a unique thing that we have videos on our phones and social media that we can post things like that, that used to be something that you wouldn't be able to capture. And so I think it comes down to the question of whether the person intended to do it really for self promotional reasons, which could possibly be the case, or if they're really trying to do it as an expression of love and trying to put something different out into the world. But certainly I I hear your point that if you keep looking at social media posts like that, it kind of feels that we're really just doing that to try to signal that I'm a good person and that it does feel a little, you know, more hollow than it would have, you know, pre social media and pre being able to record things.
0: One of the things is, a lot of people that maybe have narcissistic tendencies will listen to this and think it doesn't apply to them. Mm -hmm. If someone's listening and uh, some of this resonates and you go, you know, I never really thought of why I do this. How can you kind of try to address self-regulate? Like I said, a lot of this is kind of hardwired into people, but you know, are there kind of questions you can ask yourself or, or kind of conversations you can have with yourself? Like, do I really need to do this or why am I doing this? Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: you know, one common misconception is that people who have higher levels of narcissism are not aware of it, but it turns out that when you look at self and informant agreement of different personality traits, including narcissism, you see that narcissism fares about the same. So it just suggests that people who have higher levels of narcissism are aware that other people see them that way. They might just disagree with it. We call that meta perception. I know that you see me as narcissist, even if I don't agree that that's what I am. And so that tells us that maybe people listening to this would have some level of understanding what's going on. Your second question of, you know, what do they do with that? And are there questions you can ask? I think there are a few, right? So the most important thing is to take a step back and reflect on what your underlying motives are for anything, right? And if you can get that ability, that kind of mindfulness, that kind of self-reflective capacity, you start to think about, well, what is my motivation here? Is it truly to be benefiting them or is it to be benefiting myself? Is it going to be something that it looks good to post my daughter or son on social media, but it's actually, I'm just really using that as a narcissistic extension to show how how great I am. And it actually maybe isn't an activity that they really enjoy. And if I were to perspective take for a second, I would realize that that's not something that they really find enjoyable. So I think the first step for sure is taking a step back and reflecting on your actions. I also think taking feedback from others is incredibly important because people in your life, if you have higher levels of narcissism, have probably experienced some things from you, right? They've probably experienced you as never being wrong. They've maybe said that to you a couple of times, which of course you dismiss and, and might disagree with. Feeling like there's a rigid way that things have to go. Feeling like there's a certain way that people need to talk to you in order for it to be acceptable. If you find yourself using very intellectualized or very and grandiose terms or ways to describe things, that doesn't really get to the core of it then those would be some signals that you might have a higher level of narcissism than you would maybe ultimately want. Again, narcissism is not necessarily maladaptive, depending on the context and the kind of uniformity of the motivation. But if you find yourself getting into more narcissistic tendencies than you like, then certainly those things could be done, as well as, of course, psychotherapy, which I've you know treated and supervised cases related to narcissism for probably about a half of a decade to a full decade now. And, and you can get better with treatment.
0: To that point, is there, when you're dealing with someone with narcissism in a therapy standpoint, how often is there kind of a, a recognition? Do you find that most people are open to it and there is self-reflection? Is it more they go to therapy, but you can tell they're not taking it as seriously and it's something that they, they feel they have to do, but they don't really need it? You know, is Or is it, I would imagine, probably closer to a mixed bag?
1: Yeah. So I think what's interesting is that people who have higher levels of narcissism tend to present to treatment in a more vulnerable state. Remember, we talked about narcissistic vulnerability as this kind of depleted, deflated, maybe even depressed looking sense of life not working out for you. But it's really undergirded by entitled expectations about what should happen rather than maybe other expressions of depression. These folks often get misdiagnosed as having depression because the diagnostic manual that describes narcissism mainly describes the grandiose part and not the vulnerable part. So they get a treatment for depression, they end up getting a little bit better, getting back to their more grandiose fantasies and beliefs about themselves, and then they end up ending treatment prematurely. People who have higher levels of narcissism also have greater difficulty engaging with treatment initially because there's a question of trust and whether this person who I'm sitting with really knows me well enough to be able to tell me to do something different. So the average person, of course, When they come into treatment, they probably don't want to do all the things that treatment will entail, but they have a general sense that the therapist is in their corner and has their best interest at heart. People who have personality disorder, including narcissism, come in with much more guarded stance initially because they might have had life experiences that have taught them that early people in their life cannot be trusted to provide basic trust and support. And so why shouldn't I be guarded with this person who says they're going to help me, but I'm not really sure that that's the case. And do they really even know me? The added wrinkle with narcissism is that there's also ways that you have to present things to someone higher in narcissism so that they can take it in, in ways that you might not have to do with other types of clients. So you might need to put something in a position that feels more palatable to them, that focuses on building their strengths rather than pointing out something that they're doing wrong. And generally speaking, if you think about treatment as kind of taking off on an airplane, people who have higher levels of narcissism require a larger runway to try to get up to speed to be able to make the therapy work. And so all of those things can be somewhat challenging when trying to engage if you have higher levels of narcissism within a treatment to really make it successful for yourself.
0: And my final question, we talked about social media amplifying. Is there a role, and I can't think of what it would be, because I know a lot of people like to bang the social media companies over the head that you should be regulating this or you should be taking care of this. And I think in a lot of cases, I would agree. But in a situation like this, is there any role that social media can play in trying to tamp down or at least put a mirror up to people to kind of give context to what they're saying and how other people see it? Or is it really something it's got to be more of a human directive?
1: My sense is that it's probably more of a human directive. If social media gets in the business of regulating things, I hope they start to get in the business of regulating violence, incitement, and things like that. That would seem to me to be the more important thing. For narcissism, you know, I think you've already described a little bit of the impact of what narcissistic post does to you. If you're one of the followers of that post, you start to get a little more frustrated in life. And that's kind of like in the workplace, right? When you have a employee or a coworker that starts bragging about themselves and you're sitting there like, okay, when is this going to end? And so there is definitely a negative impact on that. And it's harder within a social media context to regulate a lot of those things, although certainly muting them and, and doing other things might be an effective way to, to do it. I don't think that engaging with the person in a a way to debate them about that level of narcissism or a kind of lack of empathy has been particularly productive. I've certainly seen a lot of social media posts that have two people with different positions, and they're just basically articulating their same position without actually engaging. And again, that's unfortunate, really. Social media is this great mechanism to learn different viewpoints from yourself, but we paradoxically use it to reinforce pre-existing beliefs about ourselves. And so that can become somewhat of a negative thing.